What's up, champs? Welcome back to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. The only podcast in the world with three podcast titles in the title. Uh, I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me for the first time in quite a while, both on Twitch and on your preferred podcast platform we have the sultan of stream the uh the the dreamer of streamers mr davy b cousin dave betton of the stream scheme cousin dave welcome to the show what up cuz thanks for having me back good to talk to everyone once again in this 2022 to 2023 NHL fantasy hockey season. Uh, we're going to get the stream scheme going here in a little bit. You guys are starting a little bit in front of us. Obviously, we're not going to have any stream scheme for next week. Just, you know, stream your sharks and your preds and whatnot. But we'll be getting back there. I think it's like next Sunday is when we'll start kicking things off. And I am ready to rock and roll. The news is coming in hot and ready. And we've got some spicy nuggets for everybody. Is when when it's coming in hot and ready? Is that a is that a um, a Little Caesars episode like a special Little Caesars edition of of the pod? Yeah, I'm glad you caught that reference. I didn't okay. know if they had hot and ready's up there. <laughs> oh, do we have sound drops? John, do you have any good spicy nuggets sound drops that you can get ready for <laughs> us? No, you'll just pick one. Just pick one that can represent mm. spicy nuggets. Air, air, I'm gonna have like to... a thunder or a lightning, like like it's raining. Spicy nugs. Uh, I will catch up. Well, John, our, our amazing engineer, John, looks for uh, a impromptu uh, spicy nugget drop. <laughs> I will note that this is something me and Dave have just been saying to each other all day. I don't <laughs> think there's any further. We just keep talking about spicy nuggets that are coming out of training camp, and I guess that's the title of the episode, right? We're talking spicy nuggets. We're trying to figure out if. Uh, and I'm just remembering as I'm saying this, Dave, that we actually already named the episode uh, before, but I, I guess we're throwing it out. We were going to call this Int or At. Uh, God, this is, a, this is fun. I think, <laughs> I think I'm really crushing the description of the episode. Uh, basically what we're doing, we're going through those, those sweet, sweet training camp line combos. We're trying to let you know, do you have to care about this? Or can you let it go? Can you can you ignore it? Is that a spicy nug? Or Dave, what's the, what's the opposite of a spicy nugget? Uh, I don't know. Just a regular nugget, I, I guess. They cost a little bit less. So you can get like a... What about a like boneless a, wing? Uh, I guess, but you typically don't get those in the same place. Mm-hmm. L- like typically like Wendy's, you can get four spicy nugs for like a dollar or you get six regular for like a dollar 25. So it makes sense. The spicy nuggets aren't that superior. Just get, get the six regular. What's the last thing you would order at a Wendy's? Uh, Probably chili. I'm not a chili guy. Yeah, so we'll say day old chili. All right, great. Well, Dave, we've uh, we've gone through and uh, identified a couple of uh, tweets here, a couple of beat writer uh, line combos that were announced over the past few days, pulling almost exclusively from Elon and Shams's brilliant webpage, gamedaylinetweets.com. You got to check them out. First time I'm dropping it this season. And uh, just so you know, it is far from the first time I've been using it this season. Um, but Dave, we're going to start with a little, uh, team based out of your hometown, the Yins of Pinsburg, uh, the Pens. And I wanted to talk about this team with you immediately. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Ricard Raquel with you because we, you and I argued about Raquel or 
I, we barely uh, interacted about it, but we disagreed over uh, <laughs> over where Raquel should be going in drafts. Uh, my take was that you know the tenth, the eleventh round, way too soon for a guy who was playing on a on a line in training camp with Devin O'Connor, uh, a player that I had never heard of, and uh, still kind of feel like I haven't really heard of. Um, but as of today, we we got the news that Ricard Raquel is playing on a top line. He's skating with. Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel leaving Brian Rust on line two with Zucker and Malkin. I guess, Dave, since you are the resident uh, Ricard Raquel head, I'm curious to ask um, how where where do you see Raquel? Like if, if we're projecting points, where do you see Raquel finishing this year? Yeah, we're big fans of uh, Ricard Raquel, Ricky Rax, as we like to call him. He's one of our best friends of the stream scheme uh, over to moon for him to sign again with the penguins. Whenever that happened, we might've overreacted a little bit and uh, started getting that Raquel was going to be on top line and top power play. That was before Malkin resigned though. Did not see that one coming admittedly. Uh, once it did, it kind of puts a ceiling on his points. If he's not going to be on that top power play consistently, even if he's with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel all year long, Raquel kind of tops out at around maybe best case scenario. If he's with Sid, maybe like 85% of the time, I could see him getting up to like the 70, 75 point range. But uh, just on that top line, he probably most likely will be in and out of the top line, shifting with Rust. So I see Raquel probably, I'll say, 60 points uh, with an upside of like 65 if someone gets a hurt for a little bit and gets some more time on the power play. And so as we are seeing uh, on the screen here, I guess doesn't translate into an audio medium. Um, thank you. Shouts out once again, our, our wonderful engineer, John Reed. Uh, Ricard Raquel, Fantrax ADP of 163. Uh, I, have a, I have a really cool um, – I know a guy, uh, and I, I can't say who, but he has – I basically – I went in, I, I, I slipped somebody – my entire life savings. And I currently am looking at the Cupful 2023 ADP. Um, this is very, very uh, uh, high value, high value stuff here. You can't just get this on the street. Um, Ricard Raquel going at 176 uh, among the Cupful uh, drafts so far. So more or less where he's going in fan tracks. I will say like what we're seeing from, from this line makeup, I would take Raquel higher than 170, 160, I think probably like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think that he is a value here. I, I don't know that he's a spicy nugget, but I would, you know, I'd say he's a, a, a tasty nugget dipped in honey. Perhaps that's a, that's a tasty nugget sauce. I don't know. Uh, a bit underrated maybe, but um, yeah, I think that Raquel, I could see 60 points, but I, I read, um, or uh, Jesse Marshall, um, the Penn's beat writer for The Athletic, was talking about how Raquel could be sort of the Chris Kunitz to Sidney Crosby this year. And you could certainly see that at five on five. But I think what people need to recall is that Chris Kunitz, uh, all of the seasons when he put up, you know, 65, 70 points, he was also on the top power play. So without that top power play, I agree. I'm not going over the moon for Raquel. Um, the interesting spot here is that Brian Rust moves down to line two, power play one. Uh, I presume, Dave, that you're still picking Rust over Raquel, or or am I am I off there? I am, but it's close, and only because Rust is going to get that top power play time from the get go. Uh, mm. Raquel is going to have to rely on an injury, so I th I like Rust, you know, seventh or eighth, probably more the eighth, and yeah, I like Raquel somewhere maybe like nine, ten, uh, so a little bit 
like you said, agreed that that ADP is a little bit late for Raquel. And yeah, I mean, honestly, Raquel is going to be the top guy who makes it on that power play if and when some guy gets hurt. Because what are the odds that, you know, Latang, Malkin, Crosby, and Gensel all stay healthy pretty much all year long? There's probably a decent chance that at least one of them gets hurt for at least like a month or month and a half, maybe something like that. And so I think you could definitely see Raquel getting that bump up there where at that point it's a little equal between the two of them. But, uh, but yeah, I'm bullish on uh, both of them. I think pens are going to surprise people this year and then, you know, probably do their thing and get bounced in the first and the second round again. Yeah, the thing with Raquel, I feel, is that uh, if we're talking about a guy who we see as being 60 to 65 points, that means that there's going to be times this year where he's going to be very droppable. So I do have a hard time picking him. In uh, you know, I think he'll finish in the top 150. But I, as I think about it, like picking him around round 11 does kind of feel, kind of feel, kind of feels early for me still. I'd rather take a, a big swing, like um, I guess in my cupful draft this year in the 11th round. My my pick was um, my pick was Oliver Bjorkstrand, top line, top power play, uh, a guy that we're going to talk about uh, a bit later. So yeah, I, I would take the. I, I'd prefer a. a a stronger swing. Let's move on, though, Dave. We got to get to Florida next, where um, this is something that came up yesterday in the Cupful, or rather on the Sunday night mega show with Brian and Elon. Uh, Elon brought up the fact that Matthew Kachuk was not playing with Alex Barkov. Instead, he was playing with Sam Bennett. At the time, uh, Barkov was centering Sam Reinhart and Carter Verhage. Today, though, we see that um, that. Now we have a second line of Sam Reinhart, Sam Bennett, and Matty Kachuk, uh, which to my eyes looks pretty friggin' good. I, I kind of love this spot for Bennett. Obviously, it stinks to lose um, Jonathan Huberto as a, uh, a a center that depends on a playmaking winger for, to make hay. But ultimately, like Sam Bennett has been going so low. Uh, I picked him um in a league at around 180 and his cupful adp is 160 i really really don't mind taking uh, a flyer on sam bennett much higher than that because i think that if things break and, and you know if the if paul maurice stays committed to splitting the the kachuk barkov duo i think that could be an amazing spot for sam bennett Absolutely. And huge upgrade for Sam Bennett of this sticks. And that's a big if, right? Obviously, sure. we're still in the days that we're all throwing them around here, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Now, the downside is that's a huge downgrade for Barkov. Mm -hmm. That's asking a lot to, uh, you know, kind of make uh, Verhage is one thing, but then when you toss in someone else like Balzers, which nothing against Balzers, well, you know, he's a, he's a friend of the stream scheme, but I mean, that's uh, that's a bit much. So a downgrade for him. I'd say to Chuck, it's also going to be a little bit of a downgrade. Like, obviously, that line will put up points, but I don't think anything like it would had it been uh, Reinhardt into Chuck as well for their top line. And then Reinhardt is actually probably about a push for him. Because, you know, whether he's playing with Barkov, whether he's playing with Tuchuk, either way, uh, that's good news for him. And he'll probably be on the top power play no matter what. So maybe... Maybe, I guess, a little bit upgrade for Reinhardt just because it provides a little bit more security, knowing that either way, he's probably going to be on the better line. Uh, so I'd say good news if you're a Reinhardt owner. Uh, probably a little bit bad news for a Tchuk owner. 
great news for Bennett owners and very bad news for Barkov uh, managers. I would say that he... I like I saw a hot take today. Someone said uh, someone that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Jack Hughes, he's going to be a first rounder next year. I was like, I don't think that's that hot of a take. And then, right. but I do think it, if you say that he's going to switch draft positions next year with uh, Barkov, I think Barkov is then going to be the guy going into late fall down from the top first to like late second, early first in drafts. That is quite. A, that is a much hotter take. I will note, like you're. I hear you about your concern with Barkov, but like ultimately, we are talking about a guy who just came off a ninety-plus point season with Carter Verhage and Anthony Duclair. Um, Balsers is not an upgrade on Duke. I, I know, and I. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to uh, crap talk your boy, Anti Dukes, um, <laughs> but I, I do think that he is one of those players who can who will be just fine on his own. Uh, but I, I also take your point that I'm not, you know, taking these lines to the bank. Uh, I'm not counting on them. It's a spicy nugget. We're Don't not talking about the sharks. No, no, we're not talking about the sharks right now. Um, See what I did there? John saw what I did there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I just uh, I think that it's this is one of those picks where I'm still fading Bennett from what he did last year. I just, you know, the upside is much higher if this is the type of deployment that we might see. Um, moving along. Oh, sorry. Real quick though. Um, so, so now we've talked about two got two of the most, uh, and when we're talking about groups of players that you most want that aren't on their team's top power play, we've just talked about a couple of them. We might talk about a couple more or at least mention them, but Raquel, and I, Bennett, I think, are in that tier. I think Bennett's Assu- going to be on assuming, top power ass- play. Assu- you think? Yeah. Over, so it would be Barkov, Tuchuk, Reinhardt, and Bennett? I think so. I mean, he was on there all last year. Like, for the that most be- part. There were times where they would put Duke up there. But, I mean, without Duke, I don't really see... I guess he wasn't up there all last season. But, like, he definitely spent a, a good chunk of time on the, the top unit. Yeah, I know. I think he was there at least in the start. I thought he might have fallen off at one point, but you're right. He, he's down to forty two percent on the full year. So yeah, over the last half, I hmm, yeah, I still think he probably gets there while Duke is out, and that's going to be what the first half of the year. So maybe he's a, a first half performer, <laughs> perhaps. Or if they stick to those kind of lines, maybe they separate in kind of like an A and a B type situation. Yeah, sure. So, sorry, you were going to ask me about Raquel versus oh, Bennett, I feel? Uh, Raquel versus Bennett, yeah. Who yeah, would I would like take there? Bennett. Well, yeah, I guess if we're saying that Bennett's going to be on the top line. That's true. Yeah. Uh, for me, that that feels safer, or and and the upside is higher. Play. Yeah. Um, let's go to Vancouver next and talk about the player who everybody wants to ask me about, uh, which is a uh, not Elias Pettersson. It is not. Uh, I don't know who else is on that team. I don't, you know what? I'm just stalling. JT Miller. Yes, it's not JT Miller. I'm stalling because I forgot his first name. (laughs) It's Andre Kuzmenko, uh, who is playing on the second line right now in in practice with Elias Pettersson, uh, Niels Hoaglander. And today it was announced that with Brock Besser on the shelf for the next four weeks, Kuzmenko started out taking that spot on power play one. Dave, I need to know, I'm begging you to tell me, is Kuzmenko a spicy nugget? He is absolutely a spicy nugget. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. You nailed but, it, though. Uh, 
the more I read about, yeah, this is one of those guys that I didn't know much about before last week, but the more that I kind of look into him, the more I read about him, the more I like him. And yeah, you said it, his deployment just keeps getting better. Now he's in that, again, a similar situation like Raquel, where one injury goes down, he's going to be the next man up, I think, in a lot of situations for that power play, Um, regardless if it's someone who he would play that position or not. I think they would shift it around for him in order to get him on that top power play. And I really like him. I think he could have a season kind of similar to maybe someone like a Radulov. Uh, maybe someone like a dad enough, you know, granted You're talking those about the were guys. first year where they came over, I presume. Right. Because well, granted their, their first years, they, they, both of those guys had previous stints uh, earlier in their careers and then years had passed and then they came back. So a uh, little bit of a different scenario, but still they're, they're Russians, right. Kind of situation. What I'm saying is that it translates, I think. And yeah, I could see, uh, I could see a 60 point season and, I think you'll get that a lot from, you know, when people like Besser are injured and he's stepping up on the top power place. And like you said, kind of with Raquel, there'll be stretches where he doesn't get that top power play time and maybe he's having trouble scoring and it might be a little tough to warrant rostering a rookie. And maybe you're thinking that he's going to hit a wall and things like that. But I think at the end of the day, he can get a 60 point pace. So I'm much, much less excited about Kuzmenko. Um, but what I will say is his Fantrax ADP is 303. His Kakupful ADP is uh, 219. Uh, he's gone as high as 182. That's that's a little high for me. Um, but if you're getting this man at you know the 15th, 16th round, that is basically for free. Like you're just trying him off the waiver wire. I would probably, in most situations, have somebody I'd rather grab. But ultimately, like we're talking about a free lottery ticket and. I agree. Like I've I've taken those those swings on Dodonov and and um, uh, and Radulov in the past, and they've been amazing. Taking a guy in the last few rounds of your draft, you could do much much worse. So I'm not anti I'm not anti Andre, but I'm just uh, a little bit less excited, I guess, than than you seem to be. Um, hopping on over to Las Vegas, David, uh, the place where I think you know I think we would have the most fun if we went on vacation in the NHL. Um, and I wanted to talk about a guy who, uh, basically is, I think it feels crazy to me that the hype is not higher for Phil Kessel right now, playing on line one and (laughs) power play one with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith. Um, I don't know. Talk me into it or talk me out of it here, Dave. Are you, how are you feeling about the Phil Kessel deployment so far in Vegas? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. They keep trying to make Kessel and Eichel a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's uh, by choice or by being forced, uh, but it does look like they're trying to really make two separate lines. Like they're tr- they're not trying to just stack up uh, like Eichel and Stone together, which is probably going to shock a lot of people. A lot of people were assuming that Eichel and Stone would stick together, but now they're trying mm-hmm. to kind of break them up. And I think this also kind of goes into our double. Uh, defenseman power play quarterback situation and yep. ultimately what it's going to lead to for their power play situation. I think they're going to do that same thing where they're going to make their top line one power play unit and that gets 50% of the time and make their second line another unit that gets the other 50% of the time. It's going to be terrible. Uh, you have, when you have two power plays, you have none. 
It's like the old adage, Twitterless Mason always says. Um, and so I, I, I get the hype train a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be people are going to see Eichel and they're just going to explode. But I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be about what he has been the last couple seasons. Maybe, maybe, well, no, if he sticks with Eichel the whole year, I could see him get into like 55 points, but 50, 55 points, nothing too exciting here for Phil Kessel for me. Yeah, I think what we're seeing at this moment to me is a very int streamer, maybe a spicy nug of a streamer, but maybe not somebody who I'm, uh, you know, overly concerned about uh, making sure I go out and get him in all my drafts. It's just that now as we get later into the draft, it is there's not that many guys that you can grab who are line one power play one on playoff teams. So Kessel to me is remains an interesting option but not somebody that i'm i'm going nuts on um he is going around 220 in kakupful um so a little bit higher than kuzmenko and i i think that sounds about right to me you know first line in vegas first line first power play in vegas as opposed to uh you know second line and uh power play one fill in in vancouver that you know mm, i'll I I don't know about that because I think uh, I think they're a little bit more committed to those lines in Vancouver, or at least kind of keeping uh, Kuzmenko, that's his name, right, uh, stuck to um, Pedersen. Whereas mm-hmm. I think in Vegas they're going to be much more willing to move stuff around. That's not a. I can't say that I you know feel strong. Like it's hard for me to argue strongly with that. But I also feel like we're what three days into this man's tenure with the the Canucks. Like it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to like go full guarantee on 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 him, on either of them. Yeah, that's true. We're yeah. we're we're uh, splitting hairs here, I suppose. But we are. I mean, it, I think your, your league's saying... not going to come down to. Uh, your 14th round decision between uh, Kuzmenko and Phil Kessel. But, I mean, that's the thing, is we are trying to identify those late round uh, home run swings, and I think both of them are kind of interesting for that, and, you know, could be, I think could represent early season value based yeah. on this deployment. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but just don't, when when you're taking players in that late a draft, you, yeah, don't get too attached for them. You don't want to be hanging on to... Uh, bottom guys that you could be swapping out for streamers, especially if you have, if you get one of those guys who only gets like two games a week early or something like that. That could, that could be tough riding someone like that through a week like that. Cousin Dave, we need to take a very quick commercial break. When we come back, we have a handful of more int or spicy uh, training camp deployments to discuss. Uh, you're listening to Keeping Carlson. Short Shifts. This This show is called Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shift Stream Scheme uh, Preseason Extravaganza. Uh, I am here with Cousin Dave Baton of the Stream Scheme. Cousin Dave, we have a few more uh, line combos to discuss, but a couple of players that are being mentioned in the chat right now. First of all, uh, Michael Bunting playing line one, of course, with uh, with. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, as he did last year, but currently now looking like he might get first crack at power play one in Toronto, as it was announced today that a oblique injury, an oblique strain, I believe, to John Tavares will keep him out for at least three weeks. Um, Michael Bunting is a guy who, you know, we talk a lot about home run swings, but I feel like that's one player I'd be willing to, uh, you know, just take a take a one bagger for, you know? 
I'm a huge Michael Bunting guy. Yeah, it was a big streamer last year for us. Absolutely killed it, and I love him even more heading into this season. But you're not going to be able to pick him up from the waiver wire. No, no, no. You must take him uh, in the early I'd maybe say, I don't know what his ADP is kind of going for around right now, but I'd say I'd take a swing at him, maybe even like the 10th or 11th round. Again, we're talking about guys who are on like that kind of top play, looking on the outside in for the top power play. Typically it is Michael Bunting, but yeah, again, like Raquel, like some of these other guys who are, uh, all it takes is one injury and they're in. Obviously, like Ben mentioned, uh, takes one injury. It doesn't matter who it is. Bunting's going to go in there. Not only all that, the vibes are immaculate. He's going to the NHL awards for whatever reason, but I love it. What does uh, that you mean? Know, you got it, it's like the NHL award show presented by the NHL Network. You know, it's just hockey rewarding hockey stuff. I don't know, but um, either way, he was there and it was cool. And oh, you mean the, I, last year? You don't mean like one that's coming up? No, like in the summer. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying show. it was coming up. God, and you're saying that he was okay. So you watched it. He, his vibes were very good. I'm sorry. It was I'm just on his listener. Instagram. Yeah, I, I I was going through everyone's vibes on Instagram, trying to determine who had babies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing, contract year, Michael Bunting. I think he's only making something like. 1.5 it's peanuts right now and this man is going to get paid and i just love him you can tell that everyone on the team loves him and yeah the coaches and general managers were saying everything like that what john don't tell me he's not in a contract here uh, okay i wasn't sure what that was okay thank you yeah i'm pretty sure michael bunting's in a contract here and he's gonna oh, get yeah. paid and uh it's gonna be outstanding and yeah how do you feel about it well, Bunting's going 156 in Kakupful, just at the top of the 11th round. And yeah, I mean, if yeah. you grabbed Michael Bunting and this uh, to, before this Tavares news dropped, I would be pushing him up my draft board. Uh, maybe not like, you know, maybe not too, too high just because we don't know how long Tavares will miss. But like, certainly, you know, his value has gone up just with one injury and that the possibility of more injuries um, and, you know, Tavares being out a bit longer is... I think fairly reasonable to to hypothesize about. So yeah, I really like Mike Bunting this year. Good Mike Bunting, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a good. I one. think a spicy nugget yeah. seventy points, seventy points. Michael Bunting. Yeah, hell yeah. I, I'm. I think that that's definitely possible. I think it depends on how many games he plays on power play one. Um, if he gets you know twenty five, I think thirty maybe that's possible. But uh, yeah. Good Mike Bunting. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, one more player that's not on our show run, but that we're getting asked about in the chat is Tyler Toffoli playing on top line, top power play in Calgary uh, on a line at even strength with Huberto and Lindholm. Um, I've talked about Huberto and Lindholm as two guys who I, much like the rest of the hosts on Keeping Carlson, are not as excited about this year as uh, after last year as they might have been if everyone had stuck around. Uh, but you know, Tyler Toffoli in a, a very interesting position to me here. Um, his ADP comparatively to uh, to Bunting is actually 123. So going a couple of rounds ahead. How does that sound to you, Dave? Fair or, or wh- I don't know. What are the vibes like on TT? I mean, it's fair. I mean, the the vibes are all right, I suppose. I don't think I actually – I forget what my report was on his vibes, I, but, which probably means he has like a private account or doesn't have one or I something I think he has like a dog. That. I think he has a great dog. Ooh, those are always great vibes. Those beach picks, vacays, things like that, all good vibes. 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I could trust Toffoli again. Like people are going to be high on him because he's a name, uh, because he is getting primo deployment. Uh I just don't know how long that'll last. And he's just someone who hurt me last year, so I kind of don't want to go back to him again. Yeah, he has a little a little puppy named Dodger uh, with his uh, partner, whose name is Cat. Um, anyway, yeah, I like Tyler Toffoli a lot. I like him more than Michael Bunting. That uh, that deployment seems really safe. I, I really like that. Especially we talked about sort of how not to use those middle round picks as like going overly safe. I like that there's a ceiling that that goes above the, you know, the the safe floor. I, you know, I, I don't want to get caught taking too many guys that don't have a ceiling. Uh, my apologies to John Reed, who just told us before the show that that's what he's worried about with his team. I'm sure his team is very good, though. Uh, let's move <laughs> on. We have a couple more teams to talk about here, and we are going to hop right on over to New Jersey to talk about them devs. Uh, because on line one, we're not seeing Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt we're not seeing uh, a whole lot of stuff. What we are seeing is Andre Palat, Jack Hughes, and Alexander Holtz. Um, meanwhile, a second line is practicing together on a different squad. So it's certainly possible that this is just a you know a, when the when the teams come together, maybe they'll they'll bring everyone together and they'll they'll jam players together. But uh, the other line being uh, Thomas Tatar, Nico Hishier, who left last night's game with an injury, and Jesper Bratt. Um, to me, you know, you can see a clear line one, line two here. Dave, I guess I'm wondering specifically about Holtz and Palat. Are, are, you, uh, are you thinking we have any spicy nugs on our hand here? I think we might have some more spicy nugs on our hand here. <laughs> and because, like you were saying, like, when you look at these lines and you see them for the first time, first you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, that, those are lines that, like in theory, should work. And they're a lot of fun. And why wouldn't you try it when you're the Devils? And yeah, they're, whatever line like freaking Hughes is on is going to be the top line. But yeah, he's it's kind of weird. I didn't know if he... I was hesitant to like draft his uh, line mates just because, yeah, we didn't really know exactly how it would shake out. Now that we see that they actually are practicing together, it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I wish I would have been a little bit higher on Palat. And Holtz is someone who I did, again, someone who's completely new to me, but the more I look into him, I believe he was fifth overall pick in, uh, or maybe seventh overall pick, I think maybe, uh, Top 10, I'm pretty safe to say, uh, probably like a couple years ago, something like that. And so all the pedigree in the world. And so why wouldn't you trot him out there and try that? You got two lines that could work. And now obviously, like we've seen, uh, injuries can play a factor. And this isn't all roses. This is definitely a downgrade for anyone who took a little bit of a higher shot on uh, Brat uh, or Brat. Brat. And um yeah, is this just... is a brought worst case scenario. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I'm sorry I interrupted but, uh... you, but I, I, I just That was fantastic. Yeah, so down uh downgrade for brought, maybe probably a little bit downgrade for Heeshear as well. Um I think he's going I think he was going in the top ten rounds, perhaps. And uh I I'd, I'd say 
a little bit of an upgrade for Hughes, maybe. Just, I think playing with Palat and uh, Holtz is exciting and good stuff. And especially that power play that they tweeted out. It was like, oh, that's that does seem like a enticing power play with Holtz and Mercer on it. Now, obviously, he sure, and he sure was out. I don't know where Bratt was or he just got left off of it or anything like that. But, yeah, so... A tales of uh, triumphs and woes in New Jersey. I couldn't think of any good pun that could could beat Bratwurst. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. It sounds like uh, Nico Hishir is uh, living in hell on on line two. Um, you know, they can't help be they can't help be Bratwurst case scenario. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Andre Palat last year puts up 49 points in 77 games on the uh, on the Lightning. Um, Alexander Holtz is more, I believe, still a rookie. Uh, do you have? Yeah, a, it's got to be. Do you have a preference between the two? Palat, for sure. Because uh, yeah, Holtz was showing on the that top power play, but Palat's going to be the one that actually sticks on it. I, mm. I can, I, I expect the if they were if they were smart, they would not separate their top power play. They would make it Hughes, Palat, Brat, and Heeshear in some sort of way, and obviously Dougie Hamilton. Uh, Douglas. Um, all right, we have one more line combo to talk about, and we're heading over to Seattle. We're going to Kraken Town uh, to talk about my boy, the one, the only OBJ Oliver Bjorkstrand playing on top line, top power play with everybody's favorite uh, rookie sleeper this year, Maddie Beniers. Um, last we saw Bjorkstrand, he was kind of getting the old Jakob Verana treatment, you know, no matter where he is, he's producing, but he's clearly limited by the role that his coach is willing to give him, uh, you know, 57 points last year, career high prior to that, he did have 44 and 56, but on Columbus, it's, you know, that's the, that was the best that they could do, uh, prior to this, this more recent, uh, the rebuild that they're they're sort of going through right now. Uh, Bjorkstrand is going in the cupful at 152, um, and I drafted him myself in uh, my cupful division because I got really hyped thinking about the possibilities on a on a team that has you know a lot of opportunity and and you know people are really excited about Matty Beniers. It, it seems as though we could uh, we could be seeing something. We could be seeing sort of a, a connection that is special in Seattle if if things break right. Um, yeah, cousin Dave, I guess that's that's what I'll throw to you. What what are your thoughts on on Oliver Bjorkstrand and the uh, the excellent deployment that he's seen so far in training camp? Yeah, I, I'm really bullish on Bjorkstrand, and I love him and Beniers, and uh, it just looks like those two are going to be locked at the hip um, no matter where they go. The only thing I would be, I would kind of, not to be too much of a wet blanket, but they still do play for Seattle. And we (laughs) saw like last year, obviously not the same without those two guys there, a little bit veneers at the end, but it was really kind of like splitting the lines evenly. And if you look at the roster, they kind of do look like they've got like a bunch of, bunch of real random little fun streamer names you can kind of string together to put together some fun little lines obviously you still got McCann you still got Eberly you still got 
Bearkovsky, still got yeah. Wenberg. What Dons, they have is middle sixers, right? Like they have a, yeah. <laughs> a buttload of so, middle sixers. So I I just think that their ice time could be capped if they they want to split those kind of guys. They want to play those low scoring, uh, defensive games kind of thing. And so I that I listen. I still like them. I would still draft them. Um, I would still gun for them in my drafts. That said. I think there's a very limited range. Like I, I think it's a pretty good like 55 point floor, but I'd say like maybe like a 65 point ceiling. <laughs> I don't, I don't see uh, a couple of guys who are gonna be point per game quite yet. Maybe next year uh, if they have a strong season together this year, I could see them growing into that, uh, but not quite yet. I'll pump the brakes a little bit on that. All right, let me ask you a vibes question before we before we get out of here because I'm curious to know how this works. I think most people are. You're a very mercurial fantasy hockey uh, uh, analyst. Your your takes are are not always predictable, and and that's you know one of the best things about listening to the stream scheme. Um, I'm gonna read a, the first sentence of this Wikipedia entry that I just opened up. Fasora is the upcoming tenth studio album by Icelandic singer musician Bjork. It will be released on 30 September 2022. So three days from now, there's an wow. all-new Bjork album. We're talking about Oliver Bjork's Strand. There's is there any vibe correlation here, or am I just am I grasp am I grasping at Bjork straws? Yeah, no, the the vibes are good. I mean, I was on the vibes last year. Even I was my team name was number one Bjork Stan. Hell yeah, that's a great team name. Thank all right. you. It's not. It's not quite uh, for whom the L tolls, but it's up there. Cousin David, you have uh, been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, for giving us a little preview of what people can expect now that the uh, now that our cousin show is becoming our brother show. You're joining the Keeping Carlson Network this season. I don't think I'm. I think I'm allowed to say this. Am I? Am I right? I'm allowed to say this. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, they've said it on the the main show already. All right. Um, anything else you uh, you'd like to say here? I mean, this. Ex- thanks again for having me on. This has been great. And like I said, I learned so much kind of diving into all these different line combos that I otherwise probably wouldn't and uh, maybe would have missed out on uh, maybe a couple of these guys. Maybe, uh, who knows, maybe I want to dump a streamer to take a chance on uh, some of these new kids. New kids on the block had a bunch of hits. Get those, get those. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> who's the LFO of uh, of fantasy hockey? I wonder. Um, all right, uh, I will kick us uh, kick us out of here. Lars Eller, thanks for joining us. Be sure to give us a follow at Short Shifts KK, as well as Cousin Dave of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme, Brian and Elon of the Mega Show at Keeping Carlson, and you know what? Shouts out to John Reed once again for hosting us and, and being an incredible engineer. Uh, I'd also recommend folks follow the Game Day Lines Suite on Twitter uh, at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News. Uh, and uh, you know what? Our intro and outro music created by Pat Roach. Until we see you next time, play smart. And cousin Dave, you want to hit the the outro? And keep those shifts short. See ya.